possible. Now the Eagles to come back again. To fall forward. Oh, Barney! Darling tapping. Darling again. Gives it to Ryan. And then Ryan's little kick is a good one to Kennedy. Yes! 50. McGovern. McGovern. What a player. What a mark, Bruce. What a mark. And he goes to Well, welcome everyone to this week's show, and it's brought to you by Podcast Central, the new home of podcasts. So get onto our Facebook page and have a look at that, guys. Uh, Dan, I'm just going to play you something once again, and I want to get your opinion again. Dan, has your song growing on you, mate? My opinion hasn't actually changed much from last week, to be honest. Um, I like the song and hearing the song because it means we won. But <laughs> songs don't phase me overly much. It's the atmosphere in the room after a win, you know. Them cheering, especially if it's a debuting or a milestone, you know, and the Gatorade showers, you know what I mean. And <laughs> there's nothing better than hearing that song after a grand final win either. But I do like it. But as I said last week, a song would absolutely have to be terrible for me not to like it. Yeah, well, I if the Eagles, anyone at the Eagles are listening to this, I know you monitor some things, hopefully monitoring our podcast, you need to take our colour share line out of it because that's where it gets muddled up with the players. They don't know what they're doing. That's one line too many, and I think you got a perfect song. Um, like I said, it's a win, so that's good, and I'm hoping we have another one this week. But before we get into the derby, let's talk about a few things over the weekend. The umpiring, again, was just all over the place. It's, I don't know what's going on. They used to bring in two rules a year, run it through the JLT, and if it worked, and it worked well, they put it in. Otherwise, it waited till the next year. They put nine in, and I think the umpires are just, all the umpires are having a different view of the, uh, the uh, rules. What do you reckon? Devil's advocate, I hate rule changes, but that's human nature. I don't like change at all. I'm a creature of habit. But I like the running out of the goal square. The six, yeah, that's great. The, the six, 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 six. I don't mind that. It's just... Don't hold Just bounce the ball. If you can see a player running to their position, bounce the ball, but then that player has to still go to that position before he can run off. That, so, that, so if he's not in the goal square, but he's running at the goal square, yeah. I'd rather than not give a warning. I'd rather than bounce the ball up, but then that player still has to run to that goal square, even just put a foot over it before he can run off. Um, that, that word, warning, they've got to give it up. Uh, it's three rounds. It's four rounds in now. If the players cannot get a go of it, the umpires can't work it out. If no one can work it out, it, it, there should be no warning. I fall on the other side to this. I think this whole season we have warnings. Scrap warnings next year. Because think about it. Each team gets a warning. There's about two maybe... Yeah, probably two a game and then maybe a free kick. It's It happens quite often. I don't want an extra two, three 
kicks in the game. Well, they said, the same, they said the same Kilda one was a mistake. That's bullshit. That was planned. Well, I don't know. That was planned. I don't know what they have to, like, <laughs> gain from that, you know, but, yeah. yeah. Well, it, the umpires on a whole, they're inconsistent. It's just the 50-metre rule is probably the worst one for me. If it wasn't for Luke Shuey uh, going in and bumping, I think it was Hal, out the way, uh... Liam Ryan would have got ran all the way to the goal square because he was t- telling him to get out there and he kept running. And I'm sitting there going, Luke, just get out of the way. Bumped yeah. him to stop him. I said, you should have let him go. Yep. Would have been another 100 metres. But why they even had to tamper with that one, I don't know. It's a, it's a joke. I, did, I didn't actually get that because by letter of law, shouldn't he have got that 50, an extra 50 metres? Well, anyway? should have. Because there was about three players around him yeah. trying to run with him. And the whole idea is they, got they can't, so he can move laterally, yeah. he can move anywhere and play on, you know. And I found he couldn't do that. He couldn't, like, and he ran, he made sure, because he's aware of the rule, that he was running with those players. Yeah. But they're like, all right, you're quick, you're running with him, let's let it go. It's like, no, by letter of law, this is your new rule, which I don't like. You have to now vacate that area. I just think the umpires are under a lot of pressure. Um, we're only going to touch on this briefly because he's been killed on radio to the nth degree. Dustin Martin today got fined seven and a half grand for the, the, uh, the bird and the snorting uh, gesture uh, 5,000 of that was suspended so that's going to mean nothing to uh, Mr Dusty 1.4 mil a year Dusty yeah, he, that's just like pocket change to him so they had to send the message out he's got a two week thing downgraded to one, now I know on uh, on our messenger chats you were a bit different to me I knew it was going to go down to one you were a bit surprised not surprised, disappointed they rate that if that's one week and he's deliberately ran past and elbowed a player in the face. Yep. Let's not beat around the bush. You make excuses to get off. It that's exactly what happened. So they've deemed that as dangerous with Nick Nat tackling and getting rubbed out for a week. So they're saying a tackle that just ended up being in the back, which isn't against the rules, except for actually obviously getting the free kick given against you is the same as you running past and elbowing someone in the face. Yeah. It's... So if Nick Nat Nui didn't do that tackle, he decided to run up and elbow someone in the face, he would have got the same one week. That doesn't sit right. Well, right. the AFL's got a bit of a problem here because got the MRO, which is Christo, right? He sets what he wants, goes to the tribunal, which is run by the AFL, and then they take a week off. So what are they doing? They're just... They're, they're basically being hypocrites. Yeah, I, I find it shocking because... Why would you want to be the MRO? They, all they did was say it wasn't medium yeah. impact, it was low. But the whole idea of it being medium impact was the chance to cause damage, saying by elbowing someone in the face, that could cause damage, therefore it's medium impact. Now, that's the ruling. But then the tribunal overturned that. So are they saying you can't be damaged from an elbow in the face? Maybe. That's where it makes no sense to me. Maybe uh, Chris just needs to chuck the MRO job in and it go, everything goes straight to the tribunal. To be honest, do you know what, and this is going to sound petty, but let's be honest, they just, lot, uh, Tigers are cooked, mate. <laughs> they want Dusty out there, otherwise they're worried they're going to lose heaps of Richmond supporters and their pet memberships, mate, and they'll stop rocking up. <laughs> so they've given them a week hoping they can scrounge a win or two before they're the, end fa- of the, year. the Fab Four is out, and it's been a long time since we said the Fab Four. And I'm not talking about the Beatles either. <laughs> um, what I do, let's think of about a positive thing. Young players, and we're somewhat insular over here. We like our own, like Oscar Allen, Petricelli, the list goes on, Brander and all that, Waterman. But it's good to see some players that got drafted last year, like that Connor Rosie, 
in his third game to kick five goals was unbelievable. And you look at him and you think there's nothing of him, you know what I mean? And he was that was brilliant to watch. Um, Sam Walsh, uh, Jordan Clark down at Geelong, some good players coming out, and it's good to see. That's the thing, and I think it was last week I mentioned. I can't remember such a talent pool of young players in the AFL system as I have seen this year. Um, so NAB Rising Stars, you know, one to, one to two years, you know, as long as they haven't played enough games. So that's why Petra Sally and that's why Oscar Allen is still eligible. But just this draft group, uh, Constable from Geelong is another one. Yeah, well, he Bay, did we years. say Bailey Scott from North Melbourne? Yeah, Bailey Scott. Like, there's it's just, Myers from uh, Geelong, which I wanted at the Yeah, and there's, there's a couple at Port too, you know. It's just yeah. these first-year players, second-year players are just amazing. And it's, it's a good batch coming through. All right, we're going to get to question time. We put these out in a couple of, on our Facebook page, Instagram page, and Twitter page. I actually didn't check Twitter, so if you have sent one to Twitter, sorry, we'll probably answer that next week. Uh, Philip White, um, he sent one in. Now, it's not going to be a very long answer here, Phil. He, and people that, Philip, for this instance, um, he got a bit of um, negative feedback today from Sam Butler on the Eagle Back Chat. Did so they, really? they said, don't bother listening in, uh, Phil. But, Phil, you can listen to in our podcast anytime you like because what their loss is our gain. So <laughs> Tickle me intrigued, Philip. Now I need to listen to this podcast. I do every week. I just haven't listened to it yet. So um, he's asked, you know, Eagles fans watch highlights such as the 92, 94, 06 and 18 grand final premierships, Cummings kicking 14, Lekker 12. But what past glory do Frio fans watch? Well... For me to answer this, Phil, I wouldn't know because I'm not a Frio fan, but I couldn't see them seeing too much. The only probably one they probably go back and watch is seeing they pump derbies up so much would be when Dale Kickett went and did his haymakers and got nine weeks. That's the only time I could see them going back and watching. Maybe the, uh, I think it was 06 final when they beat Melbourne. Yeah, and they should have been in the grand final. They've done that a couple of times. They've choked in the prelim. No no disrespect. And 2013. History shows that. But, uh, yeah, and it was funny because, fun fact for all the listeners out there, you know, and they might be having the scars of it now, but Melbourne, the last two final series they've been in, have been knocked out by both WA sides. <laughs> so it's a little interesting one. Oh, six, one. and then obviously last year. Well, we've got uh, Roger Bryant, one of our mates off uh, the TNG uh, page. He's put in two, actually. So do you see Oscar Allen as a replacement for JK? And do you think Simo has... Or do you think Simo has somebody else in mind? What do you reckon? Oscar Allen, for sure. Um, the only thing is... We have Brander. Waterman's always going to be the half forward. But with Brander and Oscar, they have versatility. So they might swap and change back forward, back forward. But I would say they're starting to set of maybe Brander as a back more now and Oscar yeah, Allen more as a forward now. Oscar Allen and Waterman, to me, would be the obvious guys that will come in and fill those spots. Because yeah. um, Jack Darlin, he's 27, so he's got at least four or five years. Yeah. But by that time, you got your Watermans and that, they're there. And like you said, Brander will be down back, I think. And I remember this draft, uh, the Eagles supporters were quite vocal on not targeting solely midfielders, which was, uh, in hindsight, a thing of the future, you know. They knew JK was coming to the end. So let's get these forwards in, you know. Let's get these crummers in like Ryan. And I remember they were very angry that it was Brander, Oscar Allen and Ryan that was effectively almost three forwards. But we're reaping the rewards of that already. You know, Ryan's already a premiership player. Oscar Allen, 
people listen to podcasters know how highly I, I rate him. And Wayne's the same. Wayne's not here today, obviously. But I don't haven't met an Eagles supporter that actually isn't rating him so highly. But not only that, Brand is versatile. In the under-18 carnival, he did play a lot back. And Schofield is coming to the end. McKenzie, they knew foot problems. He's coming to the end. So we got these key position players to fill that gap now. And we do have a young brigade of midfielders anyway. So that draft now, we're reaping the rewards and we're seeing... The future, basically. Yep. Um, I hope that answers your question uh, there, Roger. I know you quickly had another one, and it says, uh, we have the MCG hoodoo. Um, I think it is over it, because we've got the ground that we're training on now. Optus Oval is round, is round, and it helps us out a bit. So, yeah, it's not just a pies thing, because we've won all our games at MCG last year. And I think we'll win them this year as well. So oh, I agree. The Optus Stadium, I think yeah. the, our game style was built around that. More rounded over. And Cassandra Lever sent in one today. What do you think of the umpiring in the last quarter? Well, we basically just touched on the umpiring. Um, yeah, there was a few little decisions there that probably went our way. They should have gone Collingwood's way if, it's, if I got the right quarter. But on a whole, I didn't think the umpiring in the Collingwood game, except for the one where they took the legs out, I didn't think the umpiring was too bad. Well, I want to tackle this in two parts because I want to talk about that leg thing. Um, ten free kicks in the last quarter to Magpies. That's that's a joke. They had what? Ten free kicks in that last quarter. Oh, see, I didn't notice that. Like, I, I did, and it was killing me. It was like they were trying to drag them over the line. Oh, my God. And it was like every contest. And you could see the Eagles were getting a bit flustered with it. Um, and it was. It was almost every contest there was a free kick. And that happens, but it's annoying when it doesn't go both ways. Yeah. Um, I found how it's just... He's got the wood on Darling. I think yeah. his last two games against Darling have been brilliant. Darling had that sensational third quarter in the grand final, but bar that, Howe's held him pretty well. But he grapples him. He holds him, which is fair enough. Backman, they do that. You'll see Barras do that. You know, you'll see everyone do that. Schofield's a professional at these things. But they were getting free kicks for that. There was one to Cox that was like, I think he put his hand out, pushed against, and he got holding the arm, free kick for it. And it's like, no, he's pushed it. Brass has tried to knock his arm out the way and the free kicks went to Cox. And I thought that wasn't there on the flip side. And it's very hard saying these things as an evil supporter because obviously without mean to, I would be biased. But I just thought 20 to 28 free kick ledger and then 10 in the last quarter. Yeah, yeah well, that, so I didn't notice long. that. I'm going to go back and have a look at it now that you've said that. So yeah. I'll go back and... Let... But I'll throw a question at you, Was uh, Did you not think the Crips was a free kick? Uh... Below the legs? The way it's um, in the rule books, yeah, it was a free kick. But it should have been a free kick? No. 100% I feel that should have been a free kick. I feel a few people jumped on it and was like... They exploited the players now. All the, he was on the ground. So all the replays why. of it. No, but watch the replay. He wasn't. He had made two efforts. He went to ground and then he, the disposal or tackle came through. He's gone to get up. Then he's seen Cripps sprinting, and he's dove. So he was based up. And this head over the ball thing. I, I, I was, was taught not kick. to go to ground. Yeah. And then there's three things. Every time it's replayed, it's in slow motion. Yeah. Don't put it in slow motion. It happens so quickly. And this turning the body thing, 
Of course a player's going to do that, because if he doesn't do it, he's going to do his ACL. And Dan to me, that turn was... in his body then. Yeah, I, I do that. It's for the viewers. But, but yeah, I just found that even though if I said that's a free kick, there was one in Fremantle game that they said wasn't a free kick, and that was a lot worse. But I just found Ling jumped on it and Dangerfield jumped it, and it just blew up from there. You listen to... Um... I was a bit more surprised, to be honest, with a 50-metre penalty. I'm going to have to have a look back at the game now anyway, so yeah. we'll see what happens. 50 metres, letter of law, they threw it to the wrong player. That's 50 <laughs> metres, yeah, I don't even think that's debatable. But yeah, I just found that it was a very funny one, because the rule's not sliding. The rule's if you dive, get on low knees, and you tell Jimmy Bartell that it's for sliding in. Because someone went in head first below his knees, and he was out for three months with a knee injury. Mm. Well, I'll have to have another look. Uh, we'll get into our game, our game review, which is the final siren. <laughs> It's the final siren. Well, Collingwood and West Coast, grand final rematch, or was it a grand final replay? Because it went to script, exactly what happened last year. Uh, Collingwood got out early, West Coast pegged him back. So West Coast ended up winning 15 goals, 8 98 to Collingwood 11 10 76. Degoe kicked three, Trelaw kicked two, and the rest were singles. And West Coast. Cripper had four, Sheet had three, Kennedy had three, and the rest were singles. Uh, 60,000, nearly 61,000 there, so that was a good crowd. But, yeah, it was interesting to watch the game because, to me, it was like that. Is they started off really good, Collingwood, and then the Eagles just somehow just pegged them back, pegged them back slowly. But in the second quarter, instead of just pegging back slowly, they, they took control of the game and never lost it from there. Yeah, well, it's not just a grand final. The last four games have followed that pattern, if you looked at the worm. I think in the prelim, oh, I wasn't the prelim, first final we had against Collingwood. It was the second quarter where they kicked away a bit Collingwood. Yeah. But other than that, we've they've got this lead in the first half and we've just chewed it up and ran over them. 35 points are five points. You know, we're just constantly doing it. I think the fi- first final was 15 points. And we just, we seem to have their measure. And is it a fitness thing by them? I don't know what it is, but we just overrun them. Are we just a fitter side? I think we're a fitter side. You just got to look at Gaff. You say fitness, mate. He come back like he hasn't been missing at all. Uh, What did he have? 35 disposals, 19 kicks, 13 contested disposals, 5 clearances, 3 score involvements at 71% efficiency. And he just ran. He He doesn't stop. He actually doesn't stop running. I, uh, back of my mind, I half wondered if some Eagles supporters forgot how good Gaff is. I did. I forgot how good he was. You and watched in that game. He's two-way running. It's unbelievable. Know, he just, um, I think it was Kerr said that he runs them in circles. Yeah. So he, he won't actually stop running. If he's not in the play, he will run in circles to make his opposition player keep running. Well, Wayne Carey said it as well. He, he picks his opportunity. He runs. And just doesn't stop. And then he'll pick up three or four in a row. Yeah. And, but he keeps running. And Daniel Kerr said, when most other people do that, they're sucking in the air because they're hurting. Yeah. He keeps going while he's hurting. So He said he's the fittest player he's ever played with. He put him above Cousins. He put him above yeah. everyone. He said Cousins uh, read the play better, which we, we all know he'll Rarely get forward that, yeah. in that year. But pure gut running. He said he's never played with anyone like Gaff. And it's funny because... It's the one shining light from a suspension. And that was in his early career too, yeah, that, it was. Daniel Kerr saying that. So he's actually excelled from there. Yeah. So, yeah. But it's, the, as I said, it's the one shining light from a suspension is 
he's it's not an injury. He's training. He's yep. doing his exercise. He would be like doing extra training to make up for game time missed. Um, so he, he slots in fit as. It's not like he missed a preseason. It's not like he's been injured. <laughs> so it's that one shining light from coming back from suspension compared to an injury. Well, we go to a couple of the good players. The grand final heroes in Dom Sheedy had 24 and three goals. Uh, Luke Shuey, who won the North, Norm Smith medal, he had 24 and two goal assists. He was pretty good. But Jamie Cripps, we always talk about um, how much we missed, say, Rioli in the first two games. But Cripps just showed us how much we missed him in the first two games because he just, that was one of the games, you know, he just bobbed up and he was just everywhere. Another elite runner. Um, I think you mentioned once that a Freo player, um, so he was the yeah, hardest player he's played on. Um, yeah. Spur, sorry. Yeah, I, I couldn't Spur. remember, but it was Lee Spur. Lee Spur was saying that he's one of the hardest players. I hate when you got the player run. on the tip of your tongue and your mind's <laughs> just not cooperating. That's exactly what happened to me there. I just couldn't remember Spur's name. But I, I thought he was underdone. And he said he was sore and tired after the game, so he was a little underdone. But to come in after just limited time, one game in the Waffle at limited times, come in and kick four goals at a so-called hoodoo ground MCG, which we've kind of debunked that now, in hostile territory, four have, goals, have that is elite. Them? They still won't give us credit. Well, maybe they have now because we've knocked off their premiership favourites. I think it's six now in a row in <laughs> Melbourne too. That's a good start. And it was funny. It was um, I was listening to one of the podcasts today and they said Cripps, um, Cox kicked a goal and was walking back strutting like he does. And then when Cripps got his goal, uh, Cox was on the mark. And Cripps basically copied the Mason Cox one walking past him. Oh, and I wish I just, saw that. That's yeah. arrogant. So I'm going to go back and look at the game just for oh, that. I think it was his first goal. I'd love to see um, that. So he has got a bit of arrogance there. Let's go back down to defence. Shepard, 18 disposals, 13 marks. Now, to go, he got off to a good start, but Shepard put the clamps on him, a bit like much like Schofield did um, in the grand final. Shannon Hearn, again, captain's game, 28 disposals. He's... To me, he's one of the ultimate captains. Just the way he directs out in the ground, it's brilliant. Uh, Tommy Brass and McGovern, they were just marking everything. They they seem to just know how to read the play so well, but they only work when the whole back six is working, and our back six is working great. And then you chuck in Jetta, who had 19 touches across half back and run at 95% efficiency. The way he and had five score involvements for a backman. That's what I was about to say. The <laughs> way he kicks this ball from the half back and defence, I have never seen a player do what he does. He will take a risk, and if it doesn't come off, it'll cost you a goal. Yeah. But his kicking efficiency is so elite and always so good that it comes and it often opens the side up so much that we end up with the goal. And that's where how many backmen get five goal assists? It's not very common. His. The one critical thing I always said about Jetta was his body language and it looked like a lack of... Uh, uh, he wanted to go in hard sort of thing. But since round 22 last year, I've seen a big shift in the way he plays football. And it's not like he's just laconic anymore. He's actually... You can tell he's into it now. And maybe that's probably why his game has lifted a bit. Yeah, to be honest, Warren, like, Jetta has a lot of deficiencies in his game. He does. But... That kick is just such a... Oh, the kick is... And someone said to me, it was only a couple of weeks ago, and they go, oh, if he wasn't such a good kick, he wouldn't be in the team. And I looked at him and go, of course he wouldn't. He's in the team because he is such an elite kick. That is his strength, and it is so damaging. That is why he's in the team. Uh, Let's touch on some Collingwood players because we did play Collingwood, and um, Jordan Dugowie, you know, 
he's one of the fastest out of the goal square and he's you know people are putting him up on a pedestal now that he's one in the top five small forwards going around he threatened to break the game open early but Shepard come in and did what Backman do do and he pushed him to side and he had no influence in after the second half he, you know he's always going to threaten because he's got that dangerous thing about him you know that aura but just like the grand final second half just wilted away and probably didn't do the team things that he needs to do he had 21 disposals did he or something like that I don't, I can't that's remember. cute 21 disposals three goals that, that's cute <laughs> what, what did Domi Sheed the goat get mate pretty sure got yeah let's go back to Domi Sheed 24 disposals 24, yeah. but three goals. three goals and I believe he had five clearances or three clearances himself you know yeah Taylor, yeah. Taylor Adams, he um, he was probably the most prolific for the uh, Collingwood team with 26 disposals and he had three goal assists. He had the glove on, the protective glove. Um, he did get cited for the the late bump and shoey. Now, the reason why he was cited that, because a lot of people have asked me on social media, is because Stephen May was rubbed out for the same thing earlier on. So that's the reason why he was cited. They always look at it. And, you know... It was, uh, there was nothing in it. Correct decision, just down yeah. three or three kick. How, like you, you touched on it before, um, 21 touches, 91% efficiency, and he uh, kept Darling to one mark, which is probably the lowest he's scored in the last three years, and seven touches. It's annoying because Darling has hit that elite car- category mm. now. Uh, before his ankle, he was leading contested marks. And when he's come back, he's great contested mark. Maybe the MCG isn't the ground for. I don't think Jack. it's an MCG. I think it's <laughs> How. How just plays him so well. Yeah. And just wears him like a glove. And I hate seeing it because I think Darling's a star, and I want him to break that How tag and just dominate a game. July had twenty-five and two goals. Beans twenty-six and one goal. Side bottom twenty-five and one goal. And. You know, they're the midfielders, so the midfielders are getting goals, so that's what they need, but they didn't have enough power up forward because your Stevenson's did nothing, and Elliot basically did nothing until the last five minutes of the game. We've got to give a shout-out to Cole for that. Yeah, Cole. Cole did so well on him. And his game was exactly like the grand final. First quarter, I thought he was having a shocker. Yeah. And then, all of a sudden, he just put the clamps on again, and it was like, it was watching a replay. That's where it's hard to judge these players, because... For me, Herm was the best backman, but that's because he had 28 disposals at a high efficiency rate. Cole wouldn't have anywhere near those no. numbers, but Jamie Elliott is a great small forward, and, yeah, and, and he, he shut him out. He, yeah, did, he just had a horrible game. Now, Grundy, he had 40 hitouts, 22 possessions, versus Hickey, who had 7 hitouts, 12 possessions, but a goal. And Vardy had 11 hitouts and 5 possessions. So Grundy probably was one of the better players for Collingwood on the ground. Because he, he, he's won the middle there. No, not much of a surprise. Let's be honest. Nick Nats, our Grundy and Gorn are like the best ruckmen in the comp. And there's a big gap after that, I feel. Like, they just, they're just both those rucks are elite. And when you look at the clearances, uh, we had centre clearances. They they had 12. We had 15, which I surprises ho- me. I was hoping you were going to bring this up. And then, but for overall clearances around the ground, it was equal 37. So, Grundy probably won the battle around the ground, obviously. But, you know... Does it make a difference? I don't know. How can they lost. people, and they're already backpedalling. I've seen it on a couple of shows. How can they say it's the best midfield ever when they get beaten? But they got outmuscled by uh, a midfield that shouldn't outmuscle them. Well, why? Because the thing to me is they look good on paper, but they all can't play in there at once. I think it was Wayne Carey who might have been Dicko who said it on their uh, Don't Argue. Um, is you can have a a team full of midfielders, great midfielders yeah. like and Collingwood have got some great midfielders. 
But what the Eagles got, they got midfielders that go out there and do a role and do a job. And, uh, you know, Shuey's in with those three. But they might have more big names, but they don't see us every week. So that's probably why we don't get considered having big names. But our midfielders do the job every week. And they've done it to not only Collingwood, they did it to Melbourne, who was rated having the best midfield last year. Uh, Greenwood's there. Is it Greenwood? They've... The tagger, Levi the tagger, Greenwood. Yep. Yep. Um, and he's a very good tagger, I might add, too. But they can't fit a tagger in their midfield. And I've, I've said this before, they, they they need key targets, backman forwards, but they're constantly bringing in midfielders. You know, Trelaw is someone they trade in, Adams is someone they trade in, Wells is someone they trade in, Beams is someone they traded back in. They just keep trading in ba- uh, midfielders. But why would you do that when midfield's your strength? You're not, to me, you're not actually improving no, your you team it, at all. And they are forward line is where they, their weakness is. Um, quickly before we finish, uh, the TNG voting. Gaff ended up getting uh, the free votes from the TNG members. Uh, Sheed two and Bunga one. The goat. Yeah, the goat. If you have a look on social media, guys, you will see a picture uh, of his heat map. The goat. Did, did you read a beautiful article right up of the mongrel punt? I believe it was mongrel punt. Great. You, if did you, you read, read it? He started to nickname uh, Sheed the Ice Man because he <laughs> just keeps icing games for the Eagles. Yeah, it's so. a good one. All right, thanks for listening into the final wrap. We'll have this as a standalone segment today as well. So you only want to listen to that, listen to that, but listen to the whole show if you can. Next up, we'll do the waffle wrap. It's the Eagle Nation waffle wrap. The waffle wrap. The Eagles had their first ever game in the waffle against Perth Demons down at Laughlane Park, which is called Mineral Resources Park or something like that now. Um, I had it written down, I can't find where it is, but the uh, Eagles went down by 46 points. Uh, Perth Demons 16 13, 109 to West Coast, 9 goals, 9 63. Their goal kickers for Perth were Benelin Edmonds with four, <coughs> sorry, and West Coast uh, Waterman had five. Yeah, their game was at Mineral Resources Park. I just found where it is on my run sheet, so sorry about that, guys. Um, the Eagles, let, let's talk about the Eagles first before we have a bit of a talk about Perth, because we did play them. Uh, Ainsworth was the leading one with 25, Archie 22, McGuinness and Smith had 20, uh, Brooksby had 47 hitouts, but didn't do much else-wise, really. Like uh, we set off Air Waterman kicked five, but didn't really do much else, did he? Well, that's the thing. He was one kicking goals, but didn't really impose himself as much as I would have liked from what I saw. Looking at the game, no one pushed for selection. Ainsworth got a bit of the ball made in the first, but he was very ineffective. He didn't have much result on the game at all. Uh, Archie, I didn't even realise he had that many disposals. Um, Jake Warman, yeah, you, you look at that five goals, that's amazing. But he... Didn't seem very impressive. He wasn't running up the ground, taking great marks. A few were, like, over the top. It just... It was an impressive game by the reserves, to be blunt. And I didn't look at that and go, wow, this player is going to come back. Which is really sad, considering... I've been saying Venables needs to go back. And I think he's... I stand by that. But I want him to use it like she did as a learning experience. And get into some form. Because his form was similar to, like what it was in the seniors, Eagles team. It was just a few possessions. Flashes of brilliance by all players. Jeremy Cameron did a couple of beautiful things, but it wasn't enough. Uh, even McGuinness, it was a great third quarter, but he got all his stats in a great patch in the third quarter. And, you know, on paper, everyone was looking at it and said Eagles were going to win because they had 19 AFL-listed players or ex-players. Um, Perth only had two or three ex-Perth players. And they were Clint Jones, he had 29 possessions and a goal. And Brant College, ex-Eagles, 25 
uh, possessions, 10 tackles. Um, but they looked a lot quicker. Uh, Corey Yeo, Elliot Yeo's brother, he's a captain. He, he did pretty good. And they got a young guy that I wanted to um, get on our rookie list, I think, two years ago. It was Cody Leggett. He had 15 possessions, nine tackles, and five inside 50s. So they were the best players for Perth. And they really um, took them to the sword there in the middle. But it was probably only late in the game that they won it, really, because the Eagles were hanging in there, and then they just kicked away. Oh, when um, McGuinness was having that great patch in the third, we uh, drew it right back. You know, there was a goal in it, you know, at one stage, but the last quarter they just blew it away. And, and Smith, you missed that easy one from... Uh, you know, a couple of metres out. That, that's what I mean. We, we wasn't a very <laughs> Nothing impressive. went our way. It, it, it was reminiscent of kind of the Brisbane game, you know. Yeah, we won the first quarter, but really it was the Brisbane's game, basically. And it was very reminiscent of that. Um, I think we just see how we go against Peel this weekend. Yeah, it's going to be a great, great, great opener for the Derby. Oval, and uh, it's broadcast on TV. I hope Kurt, they do that a lot. Cause Kurt and Razor? I'll tell you what. You'll get a lot of people whinging about that because we're on TV a lot. They were, but that's what I was about to say. They whinged about the Eagles coming in, I think they they would be celebrating we lost the first game yeah. because it shows, hey, we're not going to be this dominant force. And it's bringing people to the Warfare Intentions as well. I'm looking forward to watching the Warfare on TV now. Well, I wasn't really like that before. I, I watched it to see how the guys like Brady Gray went, um, Fisher, Andrew Fisher. He did pretty good. I thought he was, for his first Waffle game, he's played yeah. a lot of amateurs. I thought he did really good. But it doesn't... That, I, I watch it for the exact same reason you just said there is because I like to see the plays. But it doesn't matter why you're watching it because they get the numbers watching it, then all of a sudden the numbers spike, then they get more for the advertising during yeah. those games. It's a chain reaction. It could breathe new life into the and waffle. Could, and it's going to benefit the waffle and the waffle heads see it. They, they might see it, but you never know. You'll always have your windows and your knockers. Um, we're not going to have an injury report this week because there's very minimal injuries at the Eagles. So we'll put this on the back end of the waffle wrap. As uh, Hamish Brayshaw, he seems to have... Bit, bit injury prone this kid he's one of my favourites I hope he can get right because he's had a glute he's got a test so I hope he can get right because I want to see this kid because I reckon he's going to be great it's almost what we missed on the a bit of grunt in that midfield on yeah. the weekend um, you got Liam Duggan with a knee um, he should be back straight in this week Nick Natnui, as we were just talking off air, knee, but it could be back in a couple of weeks. I don't like to get through the waffle. That's it. I don't like to get people's hopes up, but there is the rumor mill circling, and they're saying only three weeks away. Not not for the seniors, obviously. No, this is limited time in the waffle. And if you really think about, it, they're saying round eight. That kind of does actually make sense. Let's say one or two games with limited minutes then in the seniors. So it would be round eight. And but it's as, amazing just to think he'll be playing football in three weeks. And as Wayne said, um, one from one of his sources, and I've heard from a source as well, that he will be, and a lot of teams had gone this way, they're doing their midfield at the centre bounces, and then they bring in another midfield. So at the centre bounces for that main break, they're bringing in the bigger body ones, and Nick will be in there, but he won't be rucking. He'll be in there to clearance wise. Yeah, I don't know about that because if you go down that path, you've almost got to play three rucks, and a lot of teams don't even play two. Yeah, but that we playing him as a forward and pinch hitting as oh, right. No, I realise that. The, the, too the, tall. The one thing that happened with that is maybe Oscar might have to make way. Yeah, see, I don't like that. Or Will Vardy, and they use Oscar as a pinch hitter. 
It's a, something to I've think made, about oh, anyway. Yeah, I've, I've, I've a, made my opinion clear on the Vardy kick. issue. Massive fan, <laughs> but again on the weekend, he only had five disposals. Again, no goals. Yeah. He hasn't kicked a goal this year. Good conundrum to have anyway. Um, and will Willie Rioli come through the waffle? Uh, I think you'll have to. I yeah. think it may be limited minutes like Jamie Cripps so, did. Like you said. I think Nick, we said off air, and actually it was actually you made the comment, I wouldn't be surprised if Nick Nat is back before Willie Rioli. Well, they might, both might make the AFL uh, appearances in the same round in round eight. Wouldn't that be exciting? Well, thanks for listening to the Waffle Wrap, guys. It wasn't much of it. We'll try and do a more intensive one um, next week um, when we did a review of the Peel game that's um, coming on as a curtain raiser. Uh, stay tuned now for Bounce Sound. Well, the 49th Derby, it's the RAC Derby. Eagles 28 wins, Frio 20. Let's hope the Eagles make it 29. The Eagles have won the last seven games. Um, it's going to be an interesting game because it could rain as well, so it might bring, bring us back a bit, you know, maybe. I don't know. The way Frio play, they like to be dirty and get down and scrappy, scrap it out. I was sort say of thing. scrappy team. Um, but let's see. Wait, we'll wait to see what happens with the weather. But the early indications it might rain. Hey, Look, does it ever rain here? <laughs> like, it's so hot. I'm praying for rain lately. Frio scraped home by five points over the Saints and five suffered a sickening head collision. Um, to me, it was sickening. What's going to happen? Is he going to play, mate, or what? Because really... Duty of care, there is no way he should play. That if was it wasn't the worst knock I've ever seen. But he'll play. If it wasn't five, I he would, would have been ruled out already. I would put my house on him playing. And it's all... How they can play I don't him. care about five playing. Because yeah, not a way. I like, want him we to don't play. even usually put Hutchings on him. We yeah. usually go Yo, and Yo does a shutdown job yeah. and tries to go the other way Run on really, him a bit. Yeah. yeah. Run so, off him. You run off him a bit, and it, it's worked the last two derbies. Oh, look, um, I want, I want, I want five to play because I want the best team to be out there. But watching him getting carried off was like he was punch drunk. He was his arms went in the air. Yeah. He was knocked out with his eyes open. And if it was he anyone was else, just... if, it was, if it was another player on their team like Cam McCarthy or anyone else like that, that would have been ruled out already. Now there's a good chance he probably won't play, and it's all a part of the media and pushing it. I would almost put my house on him playing. That's what? how confident, but like he shouldn't because concussion. We, we're finding more and more about these, and American football where they wear helmets yeah. really pushes concussion because it's bad. They like got. Um, uh, uh, I don't even another mental blank. I forget the word, but they have evidence linking it with causing depression. Well, they do. Yeah, it does. And yeah, and then you know, there's a huge suicide rate spike. And as I said, this is NFL, but this is something I've heard recently. There's a spike in suicide at NFL yeah, players I I read, straight read after a concussion. Today. Yeah, yeah, I heard about that, yeah. and that just that was alarming. So it's your brain isn't wired right. Kerr said he would be driving. He said he lied and faked concussion yeah. tests early so he could always play. He said he'd be driving, and he'd think he's in a different area, purely on the fact that his brain's just not working right and all this is coming to light in the recent years and the head surgeon that was in the paper during the week said 19 days for a concussion you should give it 19 days and people were saying well that's bull crap well that's not you just got to look at Dean Kemp he stopped playing the game because of concussions there's um, what's his name from St Kilda he's going out with Billy Brown his daughter McCartan. McCartan. His, you know, his career could be over his career is probably over because of things and I, I'd hate to see 
them bring back Fife just because he's a captain, he's got to go out there and he'll send a message, look, get behind me, boys, tough it out. <clears throat> but if he goes out and gets another head injury, now they're going to be losing that player for a longer time. It's one game. The Eagles is just another team. Don't be stupid. Uh, to be honest, all said and done, I hope he's okay. <clears throat> Oh, I hope he is. Like, too, he's whether he plays or not, yeah. that was um, a sickening blow. Oh, yeah, like, it was. That, that was, was one of the... Oh, yeah, accident. no, there was nothing. Both hard yeah. at the ball. But that would have been one of the worst knockouts I've seen it's in a, a long It's amazing time. he didn't do any damage to his cheekbone and stuff like that because that's what I initially first thought. But it's not just Fife that's in the... Uh, and who might not be playing. But look, you got Hayden Valentine. He's out for another two weeks. Harley Bennell, well, no one knows when he's going to play. Brett Bewley, who is probably the guy that they thought might become one of these mature-age players, gets in. He's done an ankle for a week. Connor Blakely, now he'd be in the midfield if he wasn't playing. He's another two weeks. Uh, Cox out for hamstring. Stephen Hill, quad. Kirsten Foot. Uh, Logue, hamstring. Sandlands, calf. Valente, the young guy. Groin. That's a lot of soft tissue injuries. Uh, they're training too hard. Well, they have to ask the question, don't they? Because he'll never really had these problems and now the last few years he has. But now it's just came in the club with a bit of a calf issue, but never get on the part. But you look at that list. Take Hayden Bell, like Because on paper, that I'm looking at right now, people, it's a long list. But Ballantyne's passed it. Sandilands has passed it. Um... You know, you got to take Bernal and Hill out because their calves are shot and you knew they wouldn't be playing yeah. for a long time. And then a lot of them's kid. To me, the ones, and this might surprise is Connor Blakely. I think that's a huge blow. I think their midfield needs him in there. To me, that's the one I look at and think, you could really use it. Even Cox, even though he had great GL2 form, McCarthy's played great. And as much as it they can't be any taller. Another one that I have missed on here is Darcy. Um, he's back apparently to play this week. Cause oh, he'd be, he would, I'll put yeah. him in the missing so, category. Yeah, he, they would want him back. Now, you look at the guys that got on the field. I actually don't, I, you know, this hurts me to say, so I don't mind the way Freo have been playing the last three games. Uh, they look to take the game on a bit more. Their skills have always let them down and they continue to let them down. Um, I think Hogan's played in the middle way too much. They they drafted him as a forward, or traded for him as a forward, and they've used him in the midfield. Now, is that because Connor Blakely's not playing? Maybe so. They need a bigger body in there. <coughs> um, Brayshaw had a shocker on the weekend. Now, people can sit there and say he's one of the better players. He had a shocker. He had one possession up to half-time. Um, they're putting a lot of emphasis on the younger players. Now, the Eagles have got a better spread with age, and I just think the Eagles are going to exploit the youth of Fremantle. Like, Freo always kind of lift for Derby, so they could do something special. But the tale of two tapes for Freo, I thought, oh, yeah, they're playing real good against them. I thought they should have lost the Saints. They lost the Suns last week. I think their form this year has been horrible, bar that first week. Might have been up, but they're playing different to what they played last. They're attacking the ball a lot more, and yeah. it's just that their skills let them down. Maybe they bomb it long. That they had Matera kick three last week, Tabner two, Walters two, Hill, McCarthy and Loeb kick one. They've got to do that all again this week to have any chance. Now, I can't see Matera backing up because I think he's very average. Tabner is doing all right. I, I, I rate Walters really high and I rate Hill high. I don't rate McCarthy and Lob. Well, if he's going to end up in the ruck, I think the Eagles are going to be licking their lips at this one. The... Thing with me is their game style. They they bomb it long. If they bomb it long to the Eagles, we'll carve them up. Yeah. Um, 
The Eagles, we've touched on them, what they need to do. We're all Eagles fans. We know what they're going to do. They have to go out and play their game, do what they did against Collingwood, uh, play it on their merits. Uh, if they play it on their merits, they're gonna, it's going to be a blowout. But as you said, in Derby's, you know, the late, really, there haven't been too many big blowouts. And Fremantle will seem to bring their A game to us. They, I don't know why. Uh, they say they don't see it as any different, but they seem to bring their A game with it. Uh, the first game last year, we only beat them by eight points. And the second one, I think we only won by about 21. Well, no, we didn't. We won it by a lot more, didn't we, in the second one? Yeah, we we destroyed them by almost 50. So that, just, that just destroys my uh, theory there. <laughs> <laughs> but you never know. Uh, Freeman, we just never know. They might bring it out. The thing that worries me about these games is we've won seven in a row. Not too often you beat a team eight times in a row. So mathematically, statistically, it's almost against us when you were lost. Yeah. Oh, well, let's see. I, guess. I hope not. But The gap in Brayshaw, I don't want to go over it too much, but let's hope that doesn't overshadow the build-up. Um, it's been done to death. I can understand uh, Frio people won't ever get over it, but let's get over it and let them play. They both said that's what they want to do, so let's hope to go. Glendinning, Allen, medal prediction, mate. Who's going to win it? Gaff. I'm going for Shuey. I was hoping you would say the goat sheet. I was, so I, I was could call him the goat one was, more time. I was thinking, well, let's just say I'll, it'd be Shuey just, just ahead of the goat. Um, guys, get down and watch it. Get down and watch the uh, pregame too, which is the Eagles versus Peel. It's going to be a big day and it's good that they put it on back to back. Uh, it's going to be a great day. Um, download us on uh, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter and we're always put our podcast up on SoundCloud, which is our preferred uh, platform, but you can listen to it on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Castro, CastBox, Overcast, Wooksh, Wishka, and there's plenty more. Um, and check out the Podcast Central page because that's got sports, pop culture, wellness, music, and technology on it. And um, spread the word around. If you like the uh, podcast, let us know. If you've got some ideas for us, send them in to us. We'd love the feedback. Um, good having you on the show again, Dan. And, Thanks uh, again. And, uh, yeah, if people got questions especially, chuck them in the comments. And we'll, they're good. We'll try to squeeze them into the show next week. Yeah, and let's hope it's an Eagles win in Derby 49, the RAC, the first RAC Derby. And let's hope there's no um, big uh, headlines for negative reasons at the end of this uh, game. Let's make it eight in a row. Yeah, eight in a row. Catch you guys. The craft leads the charge. Now oh, Nelson beautifully read by Shepard. 